Instead of Solomon leading his house and leading the nation in a godly way, he brought the nation of Israel downward. And that will happen to anybody in any house when you don't put God first in your life. Solomon started well, but it didn't finish well. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us today for a cautionary word from our continuing study of 1 Kings. As Raul examines the fallout of Solomon's gradual but steady shift away from the Lord, you'll see that his continuous compromise had tragic, far-reaching consequences. Stay with us to consider how your personal spiritual walk might be impacting others. Let's join Raul Reese now in 1 Kings. The fatal division of the kingdom of Israel now into two nations, the north and the south, is coming now to pass from a foolish decision by Solomon, son of Rehoboam. Now, however, the tribes of Israel that separated had a long history of antagonism already and had threatened for many years to split Israel into two. But as I was reading the last verses of chapter 11, if you have your Bible, turn to chapter 11 of 1 Kings, verse 41 and 42 and 43. He says, Now the rest of the acts of Solomon, all that he did, and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the acts of Solomon? In the period that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was 40 years. And then Solomon rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, his father, and Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his place. Now go to chapter 11, verse 1. But King Solomon loved many foreign women. He says, as well as daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Edomites, the Sidonians, and the Hittites, And from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor shall they be with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. And Solomon clung to those in love. It's pretty amazing. It's like I kind of went back this week just kind of rethinking Solomon's philosophy. As a father, as a king... And watching not only the way he began his life in ministry in 1 Kings where he's asking God for wisdom in chapter 3. And because he's so simple in asking God just for wisdom, God says, I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you everything that your heart desires. And as God entrusts him with so much, And as Solomon didn't stick to the word of God, but he began to deviate from the word of God and disobey the word of God by taking upon himself 
women that were not godly women, women that worshipped other gods, that as Solomon had other children, they became infected by their father and by their mothers. Instead of Solomon leading his house and leading the nation in a godly way, he brought the nation of Israel downward. And that will happen to anybody in any house when you don't put God first in your life. Solomon started well, but it didn't finish well. Good lesson to learn from each one of us individually. Why do I say that? Because Solomon gave so much counsel. If you read the Proverbs, I mean in the Proverbs he gives great counsel to his children about the warnings of having women overtaking your life and committing adultery, committing fornication, and going after whorish women. And then he talks about only keeping your wife sexually and staying together with her. Yet somehow Solomon got infected and infected everybody else that was under him. Concerning his sin. Sin has a great, great penalty and great consequences. Not only in the first generation, but it goes into the second, unto the third, unto the fourth, and unto the fifth and sixth generations. If it's not stopped. The Bible says, whatever a man saw, that shall he reap. And now that Solomon dies, his son Rehoboam is going to be taking over the kingdom, and Rehoboam does not serve the Lord Jehovah God. Now how can that happen? How can a person that gives their lives to the Lord have children that are not serving the Lord? Out in the world, drinking, drugs, partying, fornicating, Stealing, doing everything that any heathen would ever do in their lives. And maybe tonight there are some of you here that find yourself in that place where maybe you have a daughter or a son. That not only many, many years ago before they became teenagers and young adults. You were faithful in giving to them the word of God. And praying with them. But all of a sudden as they become young adults. And you know they leave home. They start to make their own choices. Because you can't lord over them. Why? Because God has made them like you with a will. They have to make choices. That was Jeroboam. He made the choice not to follow the Lord Jehovah God. He made the decision to bring a split in the kingdom. He made a choice, and you'll see in a moment, to take the counsel of the young instead of taking the counsel of the elderly that knew what they were talking about, and it cost him his kingdom. He had to pay dearly. 
That's why the Bible is given to us. Why? Because the things that are written in here are for our examples that if we read it, we will learn to make the right decisions in life. Because if you don't, it's going to cost you tremendously. Solomon should have listened to the Lord. But then Solomon, as you read the book of uh, Proverbs, you read about all of the wisdom that he gave to his children. And then when you come to the book of the Song of Solomon, you read of the wisdom of Solomon as he writes to a husband and to a wife in the beautiful picture of Christ and the church. And then when you read the book of Ecclesiastes, you can really weep. And you can come to a place in your life and say, Oh my, Solomon, Solomon, what happened? Because he says that everything in life was the emptiness of life. He never found peace in his old age. He never got it together. He did not finish well. But he ended up reigning for 40 years and then he died. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Before we continue with part two of today's study, we wanted to take a brief time out with Raul and talk about next year's trip to Israel. Raul, some of our listeners might not realize how important it can be to visit the actual places where Jesus walked. What would you say to someone who's hesitant about making the commitment to go along? I think if you can afford to go, I think you should go to Israel. It's going to be a place that it will give you more faith. I really believe that. Especially when you go to Jerusalem and you go over to the cross where the Mount of the Skull, where Jesus was crucified. When I went to the tomb, I couldn't believe that when I walked into the tomb and I came out, it was different. When I take people there and I'm sitting up looking at the tomb and they have a whole line to go in, that people are kind of nonchalant. And when they go into the, the tomb, they come out crying, weeping, and it's totally different. Because after that, we go up and sit up, and we have communion. And as we worship, man, total difference, total difference. And then you give a little message, man, and people are just ministered to, because we're getting ready that day to leave Jerusalem. But you came to Jerusalem with a, a picture that you never intended to have. You never had it. But when you leave you think about it all the time because you think about place from place that you went to. And when you go to that place, you're going to remember again when you come here, hey, Galilee, hey, Jerusalem, it's going to be more real concerning Israel. Thanks, Raul. To find out how you can join Raul, his wife Sharon, and their son Ryan on this amazing journey to Israel, visit somebodylovesyou.com. And don't forget the tour dates are April 2nd through the 13th, 2024. Now back to the final part of our study from 1 Kings. Notice beginning with chapter 12, verse 1 now, And Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. Now, Jeroboam, because we're going to see also there's going to be Jeroboam and Rehoboam, so we don't get confused. Rehoboam is Solomon's son. And Rehoboam was going to be appointed next king in line. 
And at the same time, we think about how when coming to Shechem, Shechem in the Bible is a place uh, that is associated with a person coming back and renewing his life to God. But he didn't renew his life to God. Shechem is a place like Bethel, the house of God. Where the people of Israel were Jacob in the, in the book of Genesis chapter 35 verses 1 through 5. Coming back from his brother's house after 20 years of serving him and being lied to from Uncle Laban's house. Meeting his brother after 20 years thinking that his brother was coming with 400 men and thought he was going to kill him. But God had touched his life. That Jacob came to the place where he went back to Bethel, back to the house of God. And he took every idol that his sons and all the earrings and all of the pagan idolatry that the people of God already had been consumed by. And he asked everybody to drop them all in a bucket and to renew their lives to God and to get their hearts right with God. Bethel, the house of God. And then at the same time here, Rehoboam went to Shechem. For all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. Listen, it's okay for him to become king. But what about the king of kings and lord of lords? What about God? The people were pretty messed up too. People like priests. People like king. You see? And that's the way I'll be in your home. And that's the way it could be in a church. Why? Because the actual father, the actual leader of the home, is the one that sets the temperature in the home. And sets the vision in the home. For the whole family. That's why it's so important that if you have little ones, to really lead them and guide them and teach them by example. Because they're going to grow up pretty fast. And then they're going to make their own decisions. And if we can get to them while they're little. And give them the right principles to the word of God. The Bible says that the word of God does not come back void. That those principles are there inserted in their hearts and in their minds. Because God wants to work. God wants to move. God wants to renew my life completely and fully every single day of my life. Israel already had a division going on between Judah and Israel. Judah was what? The southern kingdom of Israel. And Israel is the northern kingdom of Israel. Ten tribes. And Judah had two tribes. Judah lives in Jerusalem. And Israel goes up to Tel Dan over by the Sea of Galilee in the upper Galilee. And there they established their kingdom with Jeroboam. Notice, not Rehoboam. Rehoboam becomes the king of the south and Jeroboam becomes the king of the north. And Jeroboam takes the people and the tribes and leads them over to the north. And what does he do? He establishes calf worship instead of Jehovah's worship. Why? Because he said, you guys were too far from Jerusalem. 
Instead of you guys going every Sabbath day, every festival, why don't we establish our own man religion? And that's what they did. You'll see that in a moment here. Verse 2. And so it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, heard of it. He was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt. He was afraid he was going to be killed by Solomon. But now he's coming back when he hears Solomon's died. Rehoboam, his son, is going to take over the kingdom. So he comes now. And again, it's amazing. Because here in verse 3, look what it says. And they sent and called him. And then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam saying, So those in this split kingdom of the north where Jeroboam is going to rule, they come to talk with Rehoboam. They said, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us and we will serve you. They were willing to submit themselves to him if he would change what Solomon their father was doing and that's paying high taxes. He was overtaxing them and oppressing them. Look, if you can work it out, we will serve you. Verse 5. And then he said unto them, Why don't you depart and come back in three days? And the people departed. And then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. And he said, notice here's the old guys that have been around. They know God. They know Solomon. They've seen it all in their old age. And Rehoboam comes to them and is asking them, How do you advise me to answer these people? And they spoke to him saying, If you will be a servant to these people today, and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, they will be your servants forever. They'll love you. Good, good advice. I find it today... There is something that is missing because it seems that a lot of times young people don't want to hear advice from the elder people. When I grew up many, many years ago, I can remember the respect that the elderly had. And I remember going to my grandma's for advice because I thought they've lived long enough. They could tell me something that I don't know. I think it's always good if you know an elderly couple that serves the Lord and loves the Lord and they're really right on with God. I would go to them before I would go to anybody else. Because they already live life. And so when you really have to make some real heavy decisions in your home, in the ministry, or whatever you're doing, surely you want to get good counsel from the godly. Not from the ungodly. Jeroboam did not take the counsel of the godly. Listen to what he says. He says, But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted with the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. He went to his friends that he grew up with. They had no experience. And he got counsel from them. And he said unto them, What advice do you guys give me? 
How should we answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us? And the young man who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you shall speak to this people who have spoken to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, where areas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. It was the whip with metal that you would get whipped. Good counsel? Don't think so. Sometimes when a church has been in existence a long time, there are times when the changing of the guard comes to, where they begin to bring in the young counsel in. And, and of course you need to have the young counsel for sure. But I've seen so many times that when you choose the wrong counsel. And they come into a place of leadership. Especially in the house of the Lord. Listen, they have their own ideas. They have their own vision. And what happens if they don't take the counsel of the godly and the elderly. Listen, it will not work. It will bring a division. And what will happen is you'll end up hurting a lot of people. God help us. In the future to come. Even in our own church. To be wise. In the decisions that we make when it comes to the things of God. Including the things in your own personal lives. That you get the right counsel from the right people. Because it will cost you. Verse 12. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam on the third day. As the king had directed saying, come back to me on the third day. And then the king answered the people roughly. Notice he wasn't even loving and kind. Proudful, mad. And rejected the advice with the elders had given to him. And then he spoke to them according to the advice of the young men. Saying, my father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. And so the king did not listen to the people. For the turn of events was from the Lord, that he might fulfill his word, which the Lord has spoken by Abigail, the Sholomite, the Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Hey, did you hear what he said there? That even though the young people and the elderly gave the counsel the whole time, who was in control? The Lord. The Lord. The Lord was going to give them a person that would oppress them. They had turned away from the Lord. Well, if you're feeling convicted about sinful compromises you've allowed in your life, we hope you'll not hesitate in going to the Lord with genuine repentance and humility. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. You can hear today's message in its complete form by calling 800-634-9165. And for a donation of $5 or more, we'll send a copy to you. Just ask for Raul's lesson from 1 Kings chapters 12 through 14. We'd also like to tell you about Raul's book titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. 
further exploring the destructive consequences of disobedience, this resource will spur you on in responding to God's saving love with an undivided heart and a renewed commitment to righteousness. Get in touch with us today for insights that will help you better honor the Lord in your daily decisions. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Roll's book titled Sin, The Root of All Evil. We'll send your copy for just $8 plus shipping and handling. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. You can also order this resource by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese is fully listener-supported. Thank you for partnering with us. Your donations are a great blessing, and every one of them is tax-deductible. Next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll explore more empowering, uplifting truth from the heart of God as we study verse-by-verse. Here's Raul once again with a final thought from today's teaching. God's always in control. Believe it or not, every situation that we are in, God is in control. His sovereignty is always there. God is sovereign. We're not in control. He's in control. You see? And a lot of times, because we don't understand the sovereignty of God, we become bitter and say, well, why would God allow that to happen? Or why would God do that? Hey, God knows best what's best for my life. And if the Lord allows you to be chastened or allows you to go through a tragedy, no one thing. God never lets you go. He'll get you through, but He's trying to teach you something. And the problem sometimes is we're not listening to what He's saying. Right here it says that God was in control. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.